It's time for episode number two of the Drive On Podcast, and with me is, well, I'm proud to call this guy a friend because we've gotten to know each other over the last few years, Uh, but it's uh, great to have Jason Berry with me today. Hey, Jason, how are you? Great. It's nice to be here. Uh, That's good. Welcome to the bunker. Thank you. That's cool. (laughs) I like it. It's been an interesting year, the year of 2020. It sure has, for a lot of reasons. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But you've been busy. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I well, you know that we moved the studio here this year. Yep. And so this has been, I've been here for a full year now. Nice. My first session was on June 29th mm-hmm. last year for the Jason Price stuff. And then we followed up with a few more artists like Lori, Lori LeBlanc. And, and we've had artists from all over the world, you know, since like yeah. Tennille Town or Tennille Arts, sorry, yes. and people like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been going really well. Good, good. Yeah, it's busy every day, so that's good. Yeah. That's all you can hope for, especially now with all this travel restriction. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's I guess you're the perfect example of how, uh, you know, if you are able to adapt to changing circumstances mm-hmm. and still stay busy, then, yep. you know, you're in the right area. Yeah, and I think, you know, like the world has become a little smaller with internet and all that. If you have good internet, oh, <laughs> we won't go, go there, there. <laughs> but yeah, it, it really doesn't matter where you're, where you are at the time, as long as you can get, you know, a little correspondence going and get the work flow going back and forth in yeah. a nice, efficient way, then it's a piece of cake. And I've been working with the guys from Dean Brody's band back and forth. We kind of discussed how I wanted them to set up their stuff at home. And, right. and you know, they were phoning in saying, Hey, I got this, I got this, what worked the best and kind of like what we're doing here. We're trying out microphones, sure. and, right. You're yeah. doing all this stuff. And so we got a really smooth setup. So we're sending files back and forth. I just prep everything ahead of time, write the charts and make mm-hmm. sure everything's spelt out for them. So all they have to do is execute and then they send it back and it's been going great. So we tracked, I think, gosh, since, you know, the travel restriction, the C word, the COVID. Yeah. I think, um, I bet you have tracked about 15 to 16 songs at least, nice. you know, that way remotely. Yeah. So that's, it's not slowing anything down, which is nice. Now it's a little, it's a, seems a little more like not as personal, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, a downer. Cause I kind of built this place exactly yeah. for exactly that experience. So mm-hmm. people could come and stay and enjoy the stuff and, and enjoy this area but you know for now that's not the case it's just kind of another it's another bunker yeah but it's a big one (laughs) it sure is and we'll talk about everything that you've been doing there over the last uh, 12 months Mm -hmm. but uh just in case somebody's tuning into this yeah and has no idea who jason barry is first Mm -hmm. of all how dare you yeah (laughs) but uh let's let's go back uh the story begins in derby junction new brunswick it sure does yeah well i grew up here Mm -hmm. obviously you know and i stayed here for the first 18 years of my life and graduated here at miramichi valley and just like a lot of us did or you know some and uh got the travel bug pretty much right away so i ended up meeting some uh this band from Ontario at a club that used to be here. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was one of those Saturday matinee type of things. And they invited me to go up and play. And so I went, okay, mm-hmm. I'll go up and play with you. And then they asked me to be in the band. And at the time I was going to go to electronics engineering in college. Okay. And I got accepted and I had all my books and I just actually, they said, do you want to go on the road? And I went, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I hopped on a train and went to Sioux Lookout, Ontario and played a <laughs> six nighter. And probably the rough, one of the roughest bars in Canada, I think. Yeah. That was an eye-opener. I bet. And then I finally made, we made our way to Kitchener, where the band was from, Waterloo, mm-hmm. which I spent the last 30 years living there. And ended up 
kind of right away out of that band working with a guy named Jamie Warren, who was a right. popular singer at the time, yep. and started writing songs with and for him. And then I got another gig as a guitar player with a guy named Charlie Major, who's pretty popular yes. around here. Yep. So when that happened, you know, my mom and dad were like, yes, you know, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. And then, you know, and as you know, it just kind of over the last 25 years of that, it's just been artist after artist. I've been lucky to work with like Charlie, Jason yeah. McCoy, Aaron Lyons. I work with Dean Brody now and Dallas, yeah. you know, Dallas Smith. I've had this shared the stage with and people like that. There's so many, I'm, I know I'm going to forget, but yeah, been fortunate, you know, no, so very nice. played, play guitar. And as you know, I'm in the hall of honor. Like yep. I can't win the award anymore. We'll see the, so the Canadian country music association, mm-hmm. you've been nominated, uh, several times for oh, yeah. guitar player of the year. Yeah. You won it five times. Yeah. And then once you won your fifth time, that's it. You're out. You yeah. can't. We can't get nominated or win that anymore. So you're. And so there's two of us. You're. So because of that, now you're in the Hall of Honor. Right. You and Wendell Ferguson. Okay. Who I'm working on a record with him in Miramichi as we speak. Nice. Uh, remotely, obviously. Yeah. We started the record in Ontario when the studio was there, and then he took a little break, mm-hmm. and then he started working on his overdubs and sending them to me, and now we're finishing that. Yeah. So I've known Wendell. You know. That's that was the guy I was watching when I first moved in that area, and then just wanted to be more like him and yeah. follow his career, and it worked out. You know, just knock on wood. It just seemed like everything would line up at the right time, and I got yeah. all the right breaks at the right time, and and then of course you got to follow up. Like you, you, yeah. if you get the break, then you got to be able to prove it and and exactly. stay there. Yeah. And so I've been fortunate enough to stay there too. So very that's nice. good. Yeah, very nice. It's you know that's. There's a lot of career to just cram into it. <laughs> exactly. And you know, you know, we've had a, some nice conversations. Yeah. You've been nice enough to do interviews with, you know, radio stuff. And, and we had a pretty big episode there. Yeah. <laughs> we well, just, got into detail with it. Yeah, that was, uh, and I think that just came up in my uh, Facebook memories here not long ago. That was probably five, maybe yeah. six years ago. Yeah. And, uh, but that was nice. And, uh, it, it was so, it was so cool to be able to do that the first time and, and get to know about all the folks that you've worked with and, mm-hmm. and how, uh, what it took you to get to basically where you are today. It was yeah. very, very interesting. And it's and, a crazy path, you know, what was it that your father always said um, um, about it's uh, something about it's a strange world or a crazy. Oh yeah, it's a it's a small world, but I wouldn't want to paint it. That's it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> I was thinking he had of, a lot of colorful ones that I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> I was thinking of that the other day, and I was like, "What was that that he said?" But yeah, that's pretty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about his other sayings maybe when we're done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It's uh, you know to see where uh, you know everything that all the people that you've worked with is just you know the names you know I. You know, when you started rhyming off the names, it's like, oh, that's that was like country radio in the '90s, or yeah. you know, CMT videos in yeah. the '90s. You know, like all those great. They were going to do a when CMT was running strong. I was in so many videos that they were actually going to do a show. You remember the Where's Waldo? Yeah, they were going to do a little show called Where's Woody. <laughs> okay, and it was a friend of mine who was head of the network at the time. Yeah. And I was like, no, I really don't want you to do that. But they were they would hide me in videos at the end. Like I was in a Jason McCoy video and it, it kind of like pans the whole band. As soon as it gets to me, it goes like, <laughs> skip. Yeah. Just because I was in so many videos at the time. It was like well over 15 videos all running. Like you, you couldn't watch 10 minutes of CMT 
and my ugly mug was there somewhere. <laughs> oh, so it was crazy because I was working at the time when the CMT was on. The artists were like Jamie Warren and yeah. Beb Mahood and yeah. John Landry and you know right up to Aaron Lyons and Jason McCoy and yeah. Charlie Major. Yeah. So I was working with all those guys, you know. And Neat. Yeah. So I was playing on the records and then playing live with them and then of course when a video shoot would come up it's like hey you want to be in the video it's like yeah tell me tell the story about you were touring with charlie yeah and you got asked to be in a video right but you couldn't that's right yeah so yeah the charlie stories are pretty fun can i i'll i'll preface it with the first uh i want i want to share the story about the first time i ever got on a tour bus Please. with charlie that's my favorite story ever it's it's pretty crazy so fresh out of new brunswick you know and i was in ontario maybe six seven months so i was still pretty fluent with my miramichi sayings and stuff <laughs> so i i hopped on the tour bus and it was like big eyes and everybody else is just sitting there like oh here comes the new guy yeah and i was like whoa this is amazing and charlie's sitting at the you know, the table and there's like a chair here and another chair on the other side, almost like this. And he's sitting here working on his guitar. And I just kind of, he had his like uh, tuning pegs, a little, or not tuning pegs, the little things that go in the back of the guitar to hold the strings in place. And um, they were on the chair beside him. So I just grabbed them and I put them up on the table <laughs> and I sat right beside Charlie and go, Oh, this is great. Hey, eh? this is amazing. <laughs> and he looked at me like a cow looks out a new fence. He was just like, he said, I've had this guitar since 19, whatever, 68 or whatever. And he said, and those have always been in the same holes the entire time. I've never switched them. And you walk in the bus and your first five minutes and you pick them up and mess them all up. So that was a rough start, but he, he forgave me for that. And it went on for many years to the point where I was producing his records. You know, yeah. I'm still producing his records to this day. That was pretty cool. But then, uh, yeah, so we did a video called Do It For The Money in Nashville. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. so we're all doing that video shoot. And the uh, video producer at the time was Steve Goldman, uh, who passed away a couple of years ago, actually. Mm -hmm. And... He asked me if I wanted to be, if I was going to be around, because I had really long hair at the time and I was young. And, and he's like, we're looking for a long hair guy to play Dobro in this girl Shania's video. Can you do it? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And she was just starting to hit at that point, yeah. Shania Twain. Yeah. And so went back to the hotel and then the management and stuff for Charlie was like, well, no, your work visa runs out tomorrow you need to get on a plane and head back to canada oh jump it. so i had to bail on the video but i was that close to being in <laughs> and that was am i dreaming or stupid that one so that wow. i would have been in that video wow that's a bummer well you know what it's it's considering you know all the success and all the opportunities that you've had mm -hmm. you're gonna have some that just not gonna fall through yeah i missed i missed a couple and yeah. over the years <laughs> <laughs> uh that was uh i remember those stories from when we first uh talked years ago there yeah. and uh oh yeah those are two of my favorites yeah that's a that's fun those are fun times yeah for sure yeah um let's let's talk a little bit uh, we'll go we'll go back for a second and uh uh just this past weekend when we're recording this uh it was the uh, third annual um uh remembering amy uh, fundraiser in, right. in Blackville, uh, mm -hmm. Amy Jardine. 
and uh, it's been three years since he passed. A gentleman that uh, would uh, help out many folks in the community through, uh, yeah. you know, jamborees, hoot nannies, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if somebody was in need, he would help out. Yeah. And uh, he kind of. He kind of got you on stage at a at an early age. He did, yeah. And I I went to the last two of those. Uh, his wife Helen is a friend of ours, and she's beautiful. You know, she's a wonderful woman. So, any way we can help out, we will. Yeah. And yeah, so when I I was probably about thirteen, I'm figuring somewhere in there, and uh, I went to a place called the Derby Rec Center, which is gone now. Yeah. But Amy and those guys were playing, and it was a like a hoot nanny kind of thing that they were doing. And, of course, they're inviting singers up. So I just went up as a singer and a guitar player and sang a tune with the guys. Mm-hmm. And then when I was up there, Amy said, just stay, stay. You know, yep. you know that's what he's like, encouraging. Like, yep. stay and play along, you know. Yep. Don't get too loud, but play along. <laughs> and so I did. And then I ended up, you know, befriending those guys. And, you know, like Shirley Duffy and Todd Jardine, all these guys at the time were all, we. <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> we played together for years after that. Like, so we... Man, I stayed in that band right until I left. Mm-hmm. So we played all those hootenannies at the Blackville Fire Hall to raise money for the Jaws of Life. Yeah, that was all Amy. And you know, anytime anybody would have a something bad would happen or a tragedy of some sort, we, he, you know, the band was there to help try to raise money or support any way we could. So yeah, we did a lot of that, and it was amazing. And of course, Amy was the guy. He was. Yeah. He'd pick up the phone and call us all and go, come on, boys, we're going to be there on Saturday. It doesn't pay, but we're going to make money and we're going to help some people. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. wonderful. You yeah. know, we're lucky to be part of that. It, uh, I guess it was, it, yeah, it's been about three years since he passed or maybe four years. Yeah, and I would say so. Yeah. Four years, yes. Because um, the about four years ago, I uh, helped out at the racetrack over here. Uh, they had a, a street stock race, which is very similar to what Amy drove in. He raced back in the in the yeah. 80s at the Douglastown track. And uh, so uh, it was actually uh, our friend uh, Steve Curtis that came up with the idea. Let's let's do it in Amy's memory. Oh, nice. And uh, so it was a great turnout. Uh, 25 cars from all over Atlantic Canada showed up. Probably the largest field of cars, at least on this track, in many years. Wow! And uh, it was well attended, and and uh, so it was uh, and and Amy's family was there at the same time. Yeah. So it was nice. It was nice to be able to, yeah. you know, remember Amy that way as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you feel, like I feel like I was part of that family for. They were they're so great. That like Shirley's family and and Amy's family, they just take you and keep you. You know, yeah. they're just like you're part of it. Yeah, and they're and they're so great. So we went to the to the one this weekend uh, for Amy the, with Helen, and they raised like twenty eight hundred dollars. Nice. And there was like one hundred and fifty people there. Nice. My in laws are here now from Ontario. They moved yeah. here, yeah. and they were shocked. They were just like, <laughs> they raised that much money. So yeah. yeah, this is what this is what it's like here. We're a community, and yeah. we really support each other. You know, for sure. And you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, if if you need a hand or if you need a vote. Yeah, our town just jumps on and yeah. just helps it. Yeah, you know it's amazing. When so we talked about it that uh, you moved back here about a year ago. Yeah, um, and just what you're saying about you know the community and is is that part of the reason why you wanted to come back? That's that's a big part of it. You know, for my children, it you know I know it's a different town than it was when I was a kid, obviously. But I mean, yeah. fundamentally, it's the same. Like mm-hmm. the 
the generation of the people before us yeah. brought up those children. So those those guys and gals have the same ethic, you know, for yeah. the most part. Yep. No matter what community you go to, you're going to have yeah. difficulty. And and it's like that all over the world. It's, it's just very common. And it's funny, my mom has a great saying, because I remember when I first came back, I was like, gosh, I don't know, mom, there some there's some crazy people in town there. And she goes, yeah. And she goes, but at least you know who they are. <laughs> and she's right. Like yep. when I was living in the big city, you yeah. could be next door neighbor to somebody You'd never you know. don't know. And they could have, you know, they could have been a terrible person and yeah. you never would have known. Yeah. And she was right. And, but I think, I think it's good. It's been really good for the kids because mm-hmm. it's not just, it's a lot of things, you know, it's not just simply, you can just go get it whenever you want. Yeah. You know, the world isn't like that. It just doesn't come to you like that. Yeah. Like uh, some, I'm not trying to diss anybody or any anybody's parenting ethic or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's, life isn't like that. You yeah. just don't, can I have that? Okay. That's not how it works. No. And, you know, even with silly little things like animals, you got to pay attention when you're in the woods here. Yeah. You do. Yeah. And anywhere else, you know, like in a place like downtown Toronto, if you're in the park, you don't have to worry about a bear. Yeah, exactly. Right. But you should hear. So you should, that awareness, that just one with nature and your community. Like we know all of our neighbors. We know, Mm -hmm. we know, we know our friends that we've had forever and they're still, it's just like the day I left. Some of the people I've met up again, it's like, oh, how are you? It's great. And we're, it's like no time has passed. We're just right back where we started. Good friendships are like that. Yeah, for sure. They just kind of carry on from the second you get back. Yeah. So, and I, I want my kids to have that selfishly, you know, I thought, well, let's, I'm going to bring them back. And my wife loved it here too, Melissa. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a great area for her s- instrument, even like she's a fiddle player. Right. And so there's lots of wonderful music in this part of the world. Exactly. That she likes to expose herself to. She's kind of listening to all this, even our local stuff is yeah. pretty great, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, so. That that was sort of part of it to bring to bring the kids back and to bring, just to bring our family back together a little mm-hmm. bit tighter. Because you, when you're in those environments, like when we were in Ontario, we had yeah. you know a nice big house, all the all that stuff, mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. And you worked hard for it. You yeah. worked 12, 13 hours a day for it. Yeah, exactly. And one day you wake up and the kids are gone. Yeah. And you have all that stuff still, and yeah. you did great. Everybody's happy to know you because you're doing all right, but. That's not how I want to leave things. I want to be a great dad yeah. now yeah, while exactly. I can be, you know. And, you know, it's it seems, you know, everything seems like that is working, you know, because you've got a great uh, great daughter, you got a great son. Yeah. And, uh, uh, John O'Shea. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was a story, uh, well, I'll tell you the story, and I think you already know it anyway, but... Um, one day, uh, Tammy and I were at a local store here and waiting in the in the line to uh, go through the checkout, and it's just like you get that feeling like somebody's watching you. I'm yeah. kind of looking around, and and all of a sudden I just look down, and there's your daughter, <laughs> <laughs> big smile, and yeah, and uh, but that that was and they, and they don't call you John. No, it's John O'Shea. <laughs> that's it. It's so funny. Well, that's uh, that's a lot better than what some people call me. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday night guy. Oh, yes. <laughs> Most hated man in the mirror machine. Oh, when it comes to bingo night. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Uh, but I'm just thankful that I don't do it all the time. Oh yeah. It's uh, anyway. I think everybody likes you here. Uh, you know, it's. It, it, Dad always said, 
you know, treat others the way you like to be treated That's yourself. It. Yeah. I, I live by that. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and, and something the other day I saw somebody sharing on social media was a, a saying that I've reached the age that, you know, if you're convincing me that one plus one equals five, yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's like Dr. Phil said, uh, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Yeah, that's it. And I want to be happy. Yeah. You know, so I, I try to avoid confrontation and things yeah. like that. It's, you know. Confrontation is easy to find. Yeah. And it's easy to create. Exactly. But, you know, being pleasant and and being good to other people is just as easy. It's almost, I think it's easier. And when you, when you avoid that confrontation, you just, you just feel better. Yeah. 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 You got to be a positive person. Absolutely. And surround yourself with positive people and, and success will come too, you know, I think. Yeah. Like if you surround yourself by someone who always knows why it won't work. Yeah. It won't work. Exactly. Yeah. You have to eliminate that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, Let's talk a bit. Uh, Recently, you and Melissa were part of the... uh, uh, the 63rd virtual uh, Miramichi Folk Song Festival. Tell yeah. us a bit about that. Well, Susan invited us to be part of the festival, and then the C word, yeah. COVID happened. And so Susan, being the, the gal she is, just didn't want to see it fall apart or have yeah. the community spirit kind of dissipate in that way. So she she kind of rallied up everybody and asked them if they would contribute via video or, mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And, of course, everybody's like, yeah, let's do it, you know, and... So we did it, like Melissa and I did it. So I got Melissa to do a fiddle yeah. song, and I sang a tune about the area that I wrote, mm-hmm. and and it was great. It was nice to be a part of it. And Susan Butler, like you know, how do you say no to Susan Butler? She's you, amazing. Yeah, you don't say no to Susan. Yeah, Butler. she's great. No, yeah. she's so supportive too with yeah. us. She's always there to help us out or invites us to the music festivals and stuff. So yeah, yeah, we're appreciative. So it was nice to be a part of that. And I think yeah, it went nice. well. Like it, it seemed like. All the videos got watched, and yeah. people enjoyed having the music, even if it was virtual. Or exactly, you know, everybody would rather be there in a live setting. But yeah. it's just the circumstances we were in. You know, I'm sure next year we'll be doing it. Yeah, like we talked. You know, like your series too. I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to do that next yeah. year. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's you know once you know you just have to be uh, hopeful that things will come around and yeah. you know that we'll get get a handle on this and. Well, I think we're lucky in this part of the world. You oh. know, I'm feeling pretty blessed to be here. I think I just you took the plane at, at the right time. You moved at the right time, my yeah, friend. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it feels good, you know, to have that space and, yeah, and the safety of, you know, this region. Everybody's so, you know, supportive of each other that we're following the rules and there's no silliness, you know. Exactly. You know, no matter what your personal constitution is about these things, everybody wants the betterment of the community, so we're all exercising all the things we were that are suggested and and it's working yeah you know yeah, it is sure. working yeah for sure mm-hmm. uh country music association of ontario yes you're nominated for producer of the year yep this and, will be my last time okay let's now, let's talk about it you explain that yeah so basically you have to be from the province to be nominated mm-hmm. like you have to be a resident and or been born there you know, you can be in Nashville and get nominated if okay. you're if you were born in Ontario and raised there. Sure, I wasn't. I was born and raised here. That's right. So this year kind of marks my last year as being eligible, and I won Producer of the Year every year except for two since the beginning of that 
really? since it started. Yeah. Nice. So this will be my last year mm-hmm. again, being as a nomination. So I'd love to walk away with it the, for the last time, but yeah. you know, you can, can't, the politics and that stuff is so strange <laughs> as we all know. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like we did a fan vote here. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. I kind of just on my Facebook and my socials, I just kind of went, Hey, if you're, if you guys want to vote, if anybody wants to vote, cause it's fun to vote for sure. Musicians and, and artists that you like. And everybody hopped on. And I mean, it, just went viral like it was crazy yeah so by the time it was all over like we won we won the fan vote by it's not even a contest yeah and the craziest thing was like our our community is so supportive (laughs) that's what i love like you gotta love that when you have kids here yeah and there's people wanting to support you but they like we actually accumulated so many votes just for myself in that category, yeah. they equated to more than all the other categories combined. Unreal. So like even the male artist of the year only had maybe 670 combined votes. Yeah. And we managed to get like 1,100 or 1,200 votes ourselves. Yeah. Just for me. That's For amazing. that category. So it's funny, like you read the producer category and it's just like <laughs> 1,300 <laughs> votes and all the other ones are like 500, 600. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's amazing. Well, that's, you know, that's just a simple post. I know I shared it. A bunch yeah. of people shared it and it just Support, rolled from there. Right? It's like even Hockeyville. Like look what, exactly. look what we did there. It's amazing. That I'm telling you, that was just an absolutely amazing experience. I know. And uh, heartwarming, right? Like, it, is. it made you so proud to be from here. It's yeah. like I was almost, I was in tears. I was in Ontario. Yeah. What you know, my heart was pounding, I was yeah. sweating watching this thing. And I mean, I yelled and an emotion just like all over the place. Did it, did it, you know, the moment that uh, Gary Bettman made that announcement, yeah. and then it, 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 they cut away from his face, but you know went to the card where he flipped the card yeah and it said renews yeah did that just seem like you were in a fog or it something? does yeah it's, it's just surreal. surreal exactly yeah. yeah that's it yeah yeah it's amazing but you're hoping but i think we all realize well we're from such a small place that it can't possibly happen you yeah. know it's yeah. just like we just can't outvote a, a province that has millions of people yeah. you know we just can't but we did yeah that's just through heart. It's funny. Um, a friend of mine, a friend of ours, Ashley mm-hmm. Hallahan, was telling me that there was a person in Blackville that went into the school to vote. He's never had an email account, and so they helped him set up an email account so he could vote. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's that's one. And uh, did did you uh, were you around for the game? No, I was on tour. Okay. I think I was out with Dean Brody and Dal Smith on that tour okay, when that happened here. Right, right. I know my kids went. Okay, yeah. And I was playing close, but I didn't have enough time to make the... Yeah. I couldn't jump off the bus long enough to make the next <laughs> gig. Because I think our last gig, when that was about to happen, we were here, but then we were heading out west, if I remember right. Okay, so. yeah. Yeah, that's, that um, it was... Uh, um, I can't even spit it out here. Uh, the the committee was very gracious to give myself and Tammy uh, yeah. a couple of tickets. That was my very first uh, NHL game, but same thing, surreal. Yeah, just and, and it was weird. Like, of course, Montreal Canadiens were playing and Florida Panthers, 
If Montreal scored, they cheered. If Florida scored, they cheered. Sure. It was just a... It's just a game. Like yeah. They were just enjoying the yeah. the event. You yeah. know, it's just such a wonderful event. Yeah. We did it. That's that's a good example of why I brought my kids here. Yeah, exactly. Is, it's, you know, I know there's some people you'll talk to that have been here their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And they're a little down on it. They're like, well, it's not the town it used to be. And it's, you know, this and that. And there's yeah. more of this. And... And I'm th- and I think and my wife has brought it up too. She's like, "Honey, there's drugs everywhere in the world. And mm-hmm. It's worse in the cities than it is here. Yeah. We just we're just so conscious of it yeah. that we see it, and it just drives us crazy because we want it to be perfect, you know." Well, that's it. Mm-hmm. And 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 again, it kind of goes back to it's you know with it's not necessarily confrontation, but it's you know uh, focusing on the positive. Yeah, and and. Yes, those issues have to be addressed in our area. Sure. You know, absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, don't let that, you know, dictate right. what our community is about. Yeah, you let you let that take control of it, and it will. Yeah. You just take sure. your town back. Yeah, exactly. You know, we did that way back when we were in charge of our own town. Yeah. You know, and it worked well that way, I think. Yeah, for sure. So I think you just got to stay on that and be positive. There's people coming in all the time, and... Like I've noticed that in the year I've been here, there's more people coming in from other places. Um, you know, it's a beautiful place to go, and it's an mm-hmm. it's a nice, affordable place to get into if you're coming from a place that maybe the housing market is more. Then you yeah. can sell a home there and come here easily and not be too stressed about it. Exactly, beautiful place to live, and then you got space. You know, mm. like having a five acre lot in yeah. wherever is. No, impossible. Yeah. You know, and the studio is the studio I have here is on twenty acres. Nice on the water and has a super cross track. If I were to try to buy that in downtown Toronto, no, I just don't have enough money in my wallet. For no, that. for sure, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, so we talked about the uh, Country Music Association of Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, the Canadian Country Music Association Awards. They're coming up. Uh, well, fairly quickly. Right. I imagine they're going to, obviously, it's going to be different this year. Right. Uh, but traditionally, it's always been September-ish. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's yeah. September 9 to 12 area, 13, yeah. somewhere in there. It's usually the Sunday night, the televised version, the CCMAs, yeah. is done on a Sunday night in that window. Right. Exactly. So um, this year, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, I haven't actually heard for certain yet. I know we're... There's some talk about doing some virtual show, right? So it'll be not unlike what Susan did with the with the uh, the folk festival. It'll be people submitting videos and contributing that way. Yeah, you know, safely. Yeah, you know, for sure. Social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but we're up for Studio of the Year this year and from the, the Miramichi. Well, and that's what's nice about that. Yeah, putting uh, putting uh, the Miramichi on the map. Well. It's already on the map, <laughs> but it it sure would be nice to do that because we're we're kind you know a lot of people here are country music fans. Yes, so it'd be nice to have a real CCMA with Miramichi written on it. Yeah. I would love to have that for here. You know, I really would. Uh, that'd be pretty pretty special for yeah. sure. I hope yeah. it happens. It's happened twice before. Yeah, with the other with the Ontario name on it. So hopefully it'll happen for us here. Very nice. Because it'd be nice to have on the shelf. And uh, now somebody, and I and it's awful, I, I don't know the gentleman's name, uh, but he's, every deck series show he's been there, and he, I was talking to him just here recently at a at a local fish and chips 
<laughs> and um, I know the one you mean. Yes. And uh, so we were talking, and he said he helped you move your shed. Oh, Dave. David, my next door neighbor. Okay. Yeah, David McKenzie. All right. So he told me one time during one of the deck shows, because I'm always saying that you're a uh, five-time guitar player of the year and a two-time producer of their uh, studio of the year. Mm-hmm. But he says you've won way more CCMAs than that. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. And I don't know if you've ever you have you ever seen the the little trophy case? I you know, I was I was at your yeah. place. Were they up then? Once I don't think so. Yeah, we we're just we we're just still building when you yeah. came, right? Yeah. Um yeah, there's there's a few like not to brag, but there's like there's over 20. Nice. Yeah, and there's CCMAs and SOCANs and mm-hmm. Junos and things like that. They still owe me a Jun. There's a couple Junos there. I gotta call and see if I can get. Oh, really? Part of the team, you know. But they usually give it to the artist or gotcha. whatever. So it'd okay, be nice to have one of those because we won record of the year for a couple of different artists, and I produced those. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be nice as a producer to get one. But yeah, sometimes the artist does that and buys them for. But oh, nice. The ones that I work with haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you might have to nudge you know, nudge. Yeah, yeah, give them a bit of a reminder. Um, Speaking of the uh, studio, you got started producing uh, just by chance, I believe it was. And if I'm not mistaken, one of uh, your first albums that you produced, you produced one for uh, Gil Grant? That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was a session musician at a studio called Cedar Tree, which mm-hmm. is in Kitchener. And that's kind of where I got my big break. I started, you know, I was just kind of like wallpaper there. I was there so often that. I knew the place just as well as the engineers, like because I was playing guitar on all those records at yeah, that time, like yeah. Jamie and Bev and you know yada yada. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So I just there was a program back then called the Futures Program, and the like the owner, the two owners said you should take this opportunity, and we'll train you on the console and on all the gear because like I had a good idea on how to operate all that stuff from the live background. You know, I was playing in all the live bands. Right. So I kind of had the the ideas and the ideals were all there. Yeah. It's just a different environment. So I had to learn how it's done in that environment. And so I ended up doing it and it was like a year long program. So I ended up becoming the assist engineer. And during that time, and it was it was pretty cool because I was working for a guy with a guy named Fraser Hill and Rick Hutt, like mm-hmm. arguably to the you know, greatest, I think, in in my opinion. So Fraser did all kinds of stuff like the Northern Pikes and Tom Cochran and all that stuff. So I was getting to work on these records, even an Anne Murray thing. We did, we redid the whole Anne Murray um, album for her Songbird show that she had. Right. So we actually had to take all of the music and, and redo it again, like remix it off the tapes as if, she would like the record, but she wasn't singing because they didn't have a version of it with just the music. The only versions they had were with her singing. So, okay. So yeah. So we redid all of that, and then that was cool. And then we did um, an anthology thing for like the Millennium for Capitol Records. So got to actually hold the Beatles reels and you know all these famous rock bands and stuff. So I ended up becoming an audio engineer there at Cedar Tree, and I did that for quite a while. And then, of course, when you're the engineer, you end up sort of suggesting stuff like a producer would like, hey, maybe you should try playing this. You know, that's what a producer does. It's sort of your job. It's kind of like a glorified project manager for a song. Okay. Go, okay, drummer, play this. You play that. We're, here are the people we're going to hire for this particular song. And so, um, 
Yeah. So I ended up doing that. And then they were so busy at the time. They were doing like all those records we talked about. Yeah. Um, and there was a, a gentleman named Gil Grant who had had a Nashville contract and then came back to Canada mm-hmm. and sort of lost his, he didn't really lose his deal. He stepped out of the deal and moved back to Canada. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up coming to the studio and that's when the in-house producer there was like, do you, do you want to try it? Do you want to give mm-hmm. it a go? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to do it. And so we did. And, and, uh, that was a big record for Gil. Like he had cry a little and all like tons of hits. I, and I was always trying to figure out which, which album that he had recorded that you produced, yeah. which hits came off. Cause, cause he, he had a very successful album in the States, Yeah, but then he, that one that you produced was very successful yeah. here in Canada. I think we had like five top five singles on that one record, like cry a little. And then he did a cover of a Burton Cummings song. Oh, I can't remember anymore. My memory shot. Um, yeah. Uh, shoot. I had it for a second. I lost it. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It's there somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, so we did a whole record and there was tons of hits that came off that. And, they, and one song that we had co-written was on hold with George Strait right up until the day they literally were putting the record together. It's the same old story. Every Nashville writer has one. It's like it got cut at the last second. And it really did because we filled out all the forms, had all the mechanical stuff in place. For, and we thought, oh, this is it. We're going to have a George Strait hit, yeah. you know. But then it just got bumped off. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, that's how I became a record producer. And then I did that for a while. And then I did another record with a girl named Diane Chase. Yes, out of that studio. And then I did the first record with Jason Blaine out of that studio. And then I kind of went on my own. I decided to build my own place just because it just economically, it made more sense to have my own stuff and, yeah, and to do it. And the opportunity was there, you know, and it was a good time to kind of invest in myself. And so I did, I built a little studio, like a little control room in a townhouse that we were living in, in Waterloo. Wow. And then we ended up buying a home. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it just kind of graduated. And then I had a studio and a home and, yeah. you know, it just kind of changed. And then throughout that time, there's been a lot of records like, you know, like Terry Clark and Michelle Wright and yeah. Dean and Dean Brody and gosh, Aaron Lyons, Charlie Major, Jason sure. Blaine again. You yeah. Know, lots of repeat business, which is always a positive. For sure. You know? um, and when you, th- you know, when you say those names, it's like, you know, that's, that was a great era. Not, not that right now is not a great era, but you know, for me, like the the nineties and and into the two thousands, that was yeah. Well, great... even late two thousands, like Michelle's last record was only I think we just saw things four years ago that was released, and Charlie still had singles yeah two years ago. So they're still doing it, which is great. It is, and Terry's yeah. still very active. Oh, you yeah. know, it's like she's yeah. in the she's really great. And then Jason, of course, all those guys. And then <laughs> man, there's tons there's tons of guys around here still now. I hope. I hope we can break somebody from here mm. into that world. I, that that's a new goal. I'm just really hoping I can put somebody on the CCMAs yeah. from here. Yeah. So it's in. Oh, and just before I forget, it is um, <coughs> break it to them gently. Mm. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. It. I could. I could hear it too. I just like. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's when you consider that you think of British Columbia, mm-hmm. Alberta, yeah. and Ontario, mm-hmm. they're kind of the juggernauts of of country music. Yeah, I would say so. So many, 
well, they've got the population. That's right? it. Yeah, Saskatchewan's got a ton of talent too. Man- yes. Well, Manitoba does too. Yeah, Winnipeg's an epicenter of music. But anyway, so it's and 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 that's the thing. Like that's yeah. it's it's they've got the population. Even though technically the majority of Canada's population is between Montreal and Toronto, <laughs> but uh, still, like the the country music scene is you know a lot of it out west. But there's a lot of great east coast folks here that are that are doing some wonderful things yeah and you've been able to work with a few of them since you've uh, you know come back home i haven't i'm just scratching it like i'm just it's like it's like starting all over again nobody knows who i am here on the east right so it's odd i was telling my wife this and some friends of mine they're like i've never won an east coast music award i've never even been nominated for one yeah so that's really weird you know i've won all of them everywhere else nationally but never here. So got to work on that. You know, well, I got to get my presence up here. I got to introduce myself to some people. And that's it. But, but I've been working with a few like Corey Gallant. I did mm-hmm. his last single. Of, and, uh, PEI. Yeah. And then Lori LeBlanc, nice guy. Yeah. And, and I've always like, he approached me about it when I was in Ontario, he was going to go to Ontario. And I said, well, I'm building a place in uh, Miramichi if you're willing to wait and he's like I only live 45 minutes from Miramichi there you go. so it worked out great you know yeah. so we just flew the guys in and did the record yeah. and same with and, and then the first record I did here I absolutely wanted to make sure it was somebody from the region and yeah. like I just didn't want to do a Dean Brody record or something right out of the gate yeah. it had to be like gotta be home so exactly. I found a guy named Jason Price and he talked to me and like literally my first band was with Amy Jardine and Johnny was the singer, you know, uh, Johnny, Johnny Manderville. Manderville. Yeah. So literally this guy, like Johnny's wife and this guy's mother or sisters. Well, there you go. So it's couldn't be any closer. Yeah. And he's a great guy. He is. And he's super patient guy, mm-hmm. really talented. Actually, yeah. his voice is, he reminds me a lot of John Landry. Yeah. And so, yeah. So we did that record and we had a blast and I showed you, like at the beginning stages, yeah. what we did just so you could so hear cool. the studio, you know, like yeah. how are we doing, like how is this holding up? But I knew right away, like, it's funny. We, the very first time we had all the musicians in place, mm-hmm. got all their sounds and they're like, yeah, sounds great. Sounds great. Let's, you want to try one? It's like, yeah. And it's weird. Cause I literally stayed up. Like it felt like 18, 19 hours a day, just building. Like I was running wire yeah. and drilling holes and getting everything hooked up. And it's, pretty sophisticated equipment you know it's like setting up a radio station in yep. a week and that's what i did i built the whole thing in a week tour bus dropped off all my stuff yeah we lugged it in the studio i had lots of friends and family that supported and helped me carry it in and then it was like bye and then it was like <laughs> a week of just like i'm not going to be able to pull this off wow. so i was so anxious that first day yeah you know i got the dean brody bands in there so you know yeah. you gotta want to make a good impression yeah drummer sits down and i go what do you think how's the sound in your cans and he goes yeah sounds great the bass player how's the sound you need anything no sounds great (laughs) and a keyboard player same thing everybody was like sounds great yeah let's try one and we literally started record and started playing the song and nobody stopped to get anything different Mm -hmm. or anything it was just like magic it was just like it was been there for years and everybody was like that was great sounds great in here like they just loved it good good it has a great vibe like i I love it there it's like it's a unique spot it is yeah and i knew i knew i wanted something where people would come and just go yeah not like i initially i was going to put it in town 
I was thinking about the courthouse at one time. Yes. I was going to buy the courthouse. And then, and it's just, it's beautiful. The building is beautiful yeah. and it looks great in a brochure. You yeah. Know? Yeah. But it's just, and it's a beautiful setting, but it's just not what I was hoping for at this stage. It's kind of yeah. like I, the guys come in, they pull in the driveway and it's like, you're here. Yeah. And, and it's great. They go, they go for rides on the four wheelers or they'll <laughs> go to the water and yeah. hang out. It's just, it's a place to create, you know? Well, and that's it. It's, you know, the, as, historical as the courthouse is Mm -hmm. which has even made its way into uh one of the songs that you co-wrote with uh jamie jamie warren Mm -hmm. um it yeah i i see where it probably wouldn't have been the right fit right like initially i thought it was i think i it's just so commanding of a look you know i just and i showed some pictures and when i was going to buy it i was showing pictures to some of the artists and they're like wow you know yeah and then but then as I dug into it, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I want, like, there's no room. There's no yard. There's, you can see the water, but it's not really accessible. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I, then I started looking around and, and then th- yes, my, the realtor lady I was working with is a dear friend, Lois, you know, she, we had bought a house already um, through her. And then I was like, I'm looking for something like this. Mm-hmm. And she said, there's a place. I'm not sure if it's the right area, but I'll take you. And we walked in and it was like, immediately I was cutting out the walls and <laughs> adding and subtracting. And I yeah. talked to my wife about it and she goes, yeah, this is really cool. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful spot. Like it's just a nice it is. It is. land and everything. It's been capped and it's got so much history. There's a garage with, you know, the history of the family on it. Like oh, really? this, we planted this and this year and Interesting. this guy got drunk and fell over <laughs> and there's wonderful stories. There's even... You know, the heights of the kids on the barn mm-hmm. that grew up there. So it's, I don't know, it feels good. It's That's just cool. got a great vibe. I, I think you made the right choice. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And I love going there. Like I drive in and I walk in and I start working and it's like, ah, oh, so yeah. quiet. And it's in, you, you need that uh, serenity, I guess, to, you do, you know, to do that kind of work. Yeah. If you're going to be creative, I think you got to lock into that creative mode. Yeah, and it's not a switch. Like it's funny. Exactly. I talked to my mother-in-law about it, who's an author, Donna Diebold, and like she's found a space in her property that she bought that will be her spot. Like you, you need you can't just sort of be in your living room and just go. All right, I'm going to write a fantastic song right now. No, I got five minutes. It's, that's not how it works. You kind of <laughs> no. got to be in the mood. And yeah, all, everything's got to kind of line up for it to work right. And yeah, that place helps me get there faster. It's good. Yeah. No, I think you made the right decision in, mm-hmm. in picking that spot for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about, uh, you know, uh, Jason Price, mm-hmm. who I agree, great uh, great voice, great fella. Yeah. And Laurie LeBlanc, he's uh, got to know him through the uh, Rogersville Country Festival. Yeah. Uh, he's been kind enough to invite me to his uh, uh, his show. Um, he's He's got an annual Christmas show. Um in uh, Moncton, and I can't oh, can't think of the name right now. But it's a, it it's it's um, it's a, like a mixture of uh, English and French. Yeah. But it's of great production, just incredible production. Good. And it's a great spot. Yeah, he doesn't do anything kind of midway. No, he's very committed. You know? He is. He's yeah. a hard worker. He is. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's nice to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but in addition to music. 
Well, it's not all music for for Jason Barry. Not all the time. You you've been busy on the TV side too. Yeah, yeah. I mix a lot of stuff. Like I'm an audio engineer too. Sure. Right? So it's and I love it. It's it's kind of like my break from my music brain to get into the technical side of you know all this file formats and all this kind of stuff. Right. So I do a lot of stuff for Disney and you know Teletoon and YTV and nice stuff like that. Like all the networks, WTV and. So it you know it could be a promo could be long what we call long format like a whole show you mix the right. whole show yeah you're adding in the music and the and the dialogue fixing the dialogue and sound effects and stuff yeah. so it's a really fun job you just kind of sit there with a coffee and go what am I missing you know <laughs> yeah. and and even um, the uh, previous show for um, Courtney and Dave on HGTV yeah, uh, Masters, Masters of, of Flip, Flip. yeah yes. I did that. Yeah. Eight years I've been working on that show. Is that right? Is yeah. it, it's been going that long? A long time, yeah. yeah. It started off under a different name, and I can't even remember anymore. The Wilsons, maybe, or something okay, like that. Yeah. It was literally started as that and then turned into this home renovate, like serious home renovation show in Nashville. Yeah. So and they've done well with it. So yeah. And they're still going. The brand's still going. Yeah, I'm just not doing it this year. but They've got another show. But, you know, I re- before they had that, real estate show i remember them on cmt for some reason sure yeah courtney was courtney kale okay that was her artist name so she had sing- she was a signed artist okay she had singles on the radio and she was actually on soap operas too like you would see her on i think days of our lives or oh, something. Really? she made an appearance on there she oh, was an actress on that okay and dave was a signed writer so he was literally a publishing writer like he, okay that was his gig he wrote songs for other people nice and he nice. was an artist too but great writer yeah. great guy actually he's funny funny guy yeah yeah you can you can tell there's that comedic side to whenever whatever they're doing so yeah uh it seems like that whenever he's uh you know whenever they're trying to calculate the final price whether they made a profit or not he's always pulling her leg that's it yeah um the guitar thing so i'm and i've been helping uh i got a signature series model guitar coming yes that's right which is kind of cool so Mm -hmm. a company from canada approached me to to build a guitar like mine Okay. With their name on it. Nice. And I said, yeah, because it, you know, I've been offered by the bigger companies, but they're all American companies or gotcha. overseas. Yeah. But I'm a huge, like, Canada guy. You know, yeah. I like to wave my flag. Yeah. So, yeah, when they approached me, I was like, yeah, let's do it. But let's do it. Let's do it in a way that it's not a stupid, expensive. Let's try to make it so kids can play it and yeah. go somewhere with it. So we've been working on what areas you know, for the, for the lower end version of it. Mm-hmm. So people can actually get it. And then there's a high end version for the, for the guys that are studio guys and serious, serious players. There's yeah. like a real version, like my guitar. Nice. And so, and it has B benders and all this stuff in it. And it's real unique to, you know, especially a country music instrument because the benders is, you hear that more often in country music. So, okay. It's, it's a unique guitar. Like it, it's, you can't buy them in, in a music store. Like there's, there's rarely a guitar that has that unit built into it. I see. It's very specific. It's like, so uh, I'm excited. And so there, they. I saw a little post the other day. They had a bunch of bodies and a bunch of necks. They were starting to put it together. And it, nice. So yeah, it was a process to kind of pick how it was going to look. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think we got a cool look. It's a natural looking guitar. And nice. It's not like you know, there. If you want, it can come in a really cool blue electric blue color, but. For the most part, it's a natural guitar. But, yeah. Yeah, and there's one called the studio, and then there's a one called stage. Okay. 
So it's self-explanatory. Sure. The studio one's a little fancier, and then the stage model is for touring guy site. Okay. So and it's great. Nice. nice yeah, so that's nice. exciting. Yeah. And it's got my name on it. <laughs> I had to sign my name. It's so hard. Did you ever had to digitally sign your name? Yeah. Yeah. It just it looks like I could have did it with my left hand. It would have came out nicer. <laughs> so I must have did it a hundred times. It's like, oh, that's close enough. That's yep. good. You know, yep. it's legible. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, no, that's pretty cool. And uh, this year, this earlier this summer, uh, you jumped on a plane and did a show. Uh, for the times, I guess. Right? Yeah, it was very strange. The drive-in show. And it was yeah. the first one in Ontario. And it was with Dean Brody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Andrew Hyatt opened for us. Mm-hmm. He's a great artist yeah. from the West Side. But he's actually, his producer's from the West Side. But his um, he's originally from Northern Ontario. Nice guy. And so anyway, yeah, I flew in. And that was weird. Mm-hmm. It was a weird experience. So I flew in and you know, mask and social distancing. And yeah. they were pretty good. Like everybody followed the rules. There was a couple of people where I'm like, whoa, you know, like yeah. stay yeah. back. And yeah. and then of course coming back is my, was my biggest worry because yeah. you get the paranoia. Like I love this place so much. I don't want to hurt it. Yeah. You know? So I'm, I was worried that I was going to come back and maybe be contaminated or whatever. So I just locked myself in my studio for the 14 days. Yeah. And, you know, I suffered without seeing my kids and stuff, but it's for the better good. Yeah. It's for everybody at that point, you know, so that that was weird. And I didn't have to. When I flew in, they were like, oh, yeah, you, you were working, so you just have to self-monitor. I was shocked. I was mm. like, no, no, I'm going to. Go the extra mile. Yeah. I'm going to go. The, yeah. You got to. Yeah. So anyway, and I and it worked out. No yeah. one's sick and we're all good. And Good. So, but it was a weird show because there's nothing but cars yeah. parked in front. And I'm, you've been to one here, right? That yeah. we've had some locally. So it's it still feels great to plug in a guitar and yeah. have it rocking in your head. Yeah. It's just weird not to have a PA. Like they they learned from an, Ameri- an American artist that if they had a PA out front, that people would just rush to the stage. Okay. And it turned into a, quite a fiasco. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And it turned into a bit of a, a social media beating for mm-hmm. that artist. Yeah. And it hurt him, you know. Yeah. Um, so they decided last minute, instead of having a PA system where people could leave their vehicle and come up to the stage, Mm -hmm. they only piped it in an FM transmitter transmitter. Mm -hmm. So only that particular number, like whatever number they picked, (laughs) 99.3, then they would, it would, um, come through their car. So it kept people at their cars because once they drifted away from the car, you couldn't hear the music. Exactly. All you hear were drums and you know, yeah. maybe an acoustic because everybody's using the type of gear that keeps the stage quiet. Right, okay. Interesting. So, but it, it worked really well. Everybody so, stayed by their cars. So you had, like all the players had monitors. Right. And you could hear everything. Yeah, it, it's kind of, we have what's called in-ear monitors. And I don't know if you ever noticed the singers, they have these things that looks like hearing aids. Yeah. And they go right in and they isolate. It's like that. It's literally plugs everything out. So is that, would is that, um, what happened at that event is that normal at other events for your like on stage for sure yeah like at, at this level like it's not always on every stage mm-hmm. um but at, at dean's level like at the level we're at the stages are really large right and we're able to move around so you know we could if we had monitors we'd have to stand in front of the monitors right 
and never move. And yeah. I don't think the, the audience would appreciate that as much as when we're running around and having fun. Yeah. So in order to do that, we have to have the sound with us at all times. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what it does. And it kills that time delay. You know, if the drummer's 30 feet away. Exactly. You know, exactly. Which yeah. isn't a bad thing for a guitar player because we're always right. play on top. But, but the, uh, no, it's great. It's really cool. It's like a little pack mm-hmm. and you have a guy dedicated at the side of the stage and you go, I want more of the singer, yeah. less of the bass player. Or I'm just not picking on anybody. <laughs> just, just for example. Yeah. And yeah. And so you kind of get it the way you want to hear it in your head and then, Hopefully that that's the way it sounds when you get to the show. It's there's many times when you get to the show, your mood might change Mm -hmm. or you might've had two more coffees and you're hearing different and you know what I mean? So sometimes you get on stage and you're like, (laughs) what happened to my mix? But, but no, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's good technology and you need it. It's, it's interesting because, well, you know, right now I'm wearing headphones because that's what I'm used to doing in radio. Right. Um, but I can hear you, I can hear me. And then, you know, then I know it's, it's pretty good. Um, when I announce at different places, I'll give you an example. Uh, this summer I've been filling in at the racetrack announcing and one of the divisions is very high pitched and I can't hear myself. Wow. And I, what was happening was I couldn't hear myself. So I was talking louder and I could feel my voice starting to go. Yeah. So what I did, and I just, I don't know what made me think of it. I put my finger over my ear Mm -hmm. and I could hear myself in my head. Yeah. And that was good enough. Yeah. So if I could hear myself in my head. Yeah. Then you'll see singers sometimes going and you go, why are they plugging their ears? That's why. Yeah. Because they can't hear themselves. So they're doing that because you you hear your own, you know, the The vibration of your your voice. Yeah, Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that must have been interesting. It was. It was unique. Yeah, unique experience. But I'm glad I did it. Yeah, you know, because yeah, check it off the bucket list. <laughs> well, and the, it was the first one, you know. So yeah, as weird as it is, as it is, we kind of made history there too. You know, we're yeah. in the book, so that's kind of cool. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Looking ahead, what's what's on the agenda? There's a lot yeah. on the agenda. It's full, and and I'm trying to. Um, trying to bring local things into the mix so I can, you know, I'm hoping for that someone to make it, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. So I'm balancing, you know, the stuff that I've already been working on with, you know, the famous people and so Mm -hmm. on and trying to bring in newer people and teach them this experience and how it works. Cause it's, it's a new thing. Like if you haven't recorded an album, it's so much different than singing live or so, you got to carve out time for that. You got to give those people the time to get comfortable with that environment and stuff. And I love it anyway. Like that's, it's always been my thing. And like when Jason Blaine first started, it was that he had no idea how to sing on a, you know, one of those microphones and it's a learning curve, but you got to be patient on the other end as a producer, you know, to let them grow naturally, you know? So I'm trying to do that now with some local artists and I'm working with quite a few and there's, it's great, actually. Like the talent, like you said, the talent yeah. here is great. So raw and natural. It's great. And it's, you know, it's interesting that I'm so happy that you got a chance to work with Jason Price, mm-hmm. Lori LeBlanc, because what I've been trying to do over the last few years with our local East Coast show yeah. and local show, for many years, it was strictly local. Yeah. And, but it was, it seemed like such a shame that um, we couldn't 
play people from New Brunswick, right. Nova Scotia, or the right. island, or whatever, because there is so much talent in our area. There is, yeah. Um, there is one young lady from uh, Halifax. She's she's making a go of it in Nashville, but she was just uh, asked to. They they did it, you know, uh, virtually. But she was asked to perform the national anthem for the Toronto Blue Jays and Baltimore Orioles game here a few weeks ago. Cool. Uh, Michaela Lynn is her yeah, name. Yeah. And so it's, it's you know, given the chance, there's so many great uh, artists around here. And like you say, you want to see if you can take one of these artists and, and, and go to the CCMAs. Yeah. And uh, there's a few here too, like, you know, like there's a few that we know of already mm-hmm. that are existing and, and kind of have done it but never really broke so I, yeah. and i think it's just the in that scenario you're kind of pushed into a a thing and yeah. you do what they say and then you just leave yeah and i don't think that's what we need to do with the talent we have here because they have they have a unique thing and yeah. if you know what it is like if you can tap into it yeah because when you're from the area we know our dialogue like we know how we communicate exactly. there's a lot of things we can tap into that yeah. make us unique as art like singers and artists and stuff so i'm hoping you know i'd like there's a couple of guys there's uh josh norad i've been mm-hmm. working with here and i'd like to get my mitts on tyler or uh devoe tyler devoe yeah, yeah. like to, and tristan at one point we were yes. talking about he's a great but he is he tristan horncastle yeah he's yeah. great there's, so there's a few people around mm-hmm. that are kind of in the scene but not all the way in exactly yeah. i'd like to kick that door open if i could for them and then um then there's a, there's a lot of talent. Like the Corey yeah. Galant guy's really good. He sounds like Tim McGraw to me, so it's more of that countryside that I like. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, yeah. So the yeah. Tim McGraw meets uh, what's the big guy Luke Luke Holmes, Luke Holmes yeah. yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, there's a lot of talent. There's a, a couple in PEI that I'm working with. They're great, and it just happened out of the blue. I I music PEI asked me to produce a couple of tracks for. Uh, some of their contests that they were doing. So they had four kind of famous producers from all over Canada working with different acts. Mm-hmm. And so I got paired up with these two and it, it was amazing. Nice. And it turned out great. So now we carried on that relationship ever since. It's like, hey, you want to do something together after this? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah absolutely. So now, yeah. so now that's where we're at with those guys. And yeah, it's kind of growing. It's growing fast. And then I'm still working like with the singing soldiers and stuff. We're trying to get something together for them guys. And like yep. I said, Wendell's got... 10 songs there's like 30 songs they're waiting and then wow and then there's people coming in a couple times a week it's tough with the COVID thing it is to to get comfortable again like even for myself i'm a little i'm cautious yeah you know because i i don't want to get sick and i don't want to get anybody else sick yeah and i have children right so you kind of go exactly. I gotta, just gotta bite the bullet and just be safe about it so cleaning the studio every time is mm-hmm. it's a lot of work because yeah. it's a big place so i try to keep people within that two room exactly thing. but some yeah. people are like oh neat place and then yeah. down the stairs spiral stairs and they're in the bay you know <laughs> then that area and then upstairs and yeah so you end up cleaning it all again but yeah it's worth it yeah we'll get sure. to the end of this and I'm glad yeah. I'm here. I'm going to tell you that. Yeah, it's it's you know we have to be proud of everything that's been happening here. Yeah. Not only did we flatten the curve, we we pretty well smashed it into the ground. So <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, dug a hole for the curve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully it stays that way. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I hope so. We'll see. Anyway, enough about COVID <laughs> for sure. Well, you know, th- this has been great. Thank you. Uh, we've been trying to get this. You've been busy and. 
And I've been trying to get things ready so I can actually do this. And, this is fun. Uh, you know, it's it's been great to uh, have you on here, and we'll have to do it again sometime. For sure. Yeah. Anytime. Jason Barry, thanks a lot. John, thanks.